When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to our brand new Geekscape episode, and as if you can't tell, I'm on location here in Austin, Texas. Fantastic Fest is going on, and we're going to be talking to my good friend George Callert, who is in town for Fantastic Fest, about some of the movies he's seen thus far. I um, want to let you guys know that we'll be back in the Westwood One Studios next week, uh, but for now we're here in Austin, Texas. If this is your first Geekscape, we're going to be talking movies, a lot of movies this time around, some comics, some video games. Uh, but mainly movies on this one. I want to also say that you should check out Loot Crate, our sponsor. Go to lootcrate.com slash geekscape. Use that promo code geekscape to get any of those boxes that they offer. Um, I'm I'm hoping that they do a horror box for Halloween. I don't know yet. But I do know that Star Trek box is coming up in uh, December, and I'm excited about it. Uh, So go to lootcrate.com slash geekscape. Use geekscape for a promo code for a discount off your subscription. Um, Speaking of Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery... Uh, premiered last night, and I am hearing mixed things about it. I haven't checked it out yet, but uh, I guess CBS All Access was being spotty, and some people, I guess there were a lot of Trekkies that really wanted to watch the show. I just wanted to know why the Klingons look so different. We are discussing this stuff up on the Geekscape Forever group on Facebook, so if you guys are on Facebook, join the Geekscape Forever group, and you can uh, be part of the discussion on Star Trek Discovery and everything else that we're doing on uh, Geekscape. Also, we are doing a Bob's Burgers uh, giveaway for a Funko Pop. This is an exclusive Tina Funko Pop signed by the creator of Bob's Burgers, and we're giving it away this week. All you have to do is go to the Geekscape group on Facebook and put in the comments your suggestion for a menu item. What, is, what kind of burger would you... Uh, you can make it as gross or as good or whatever, creative as possible. And we're going to be voting as a group on the best burgers. And then I'm going to pick three at the end of the week. Um, and do a, I, I guess we're going to do like a random picking of any of those three. And they're going to end up with this exclusive Funko Pop. So check that out. It's up on their uh, website. We also have an article up on Geekscape.net that outlines the whole contest. And um, obviously uh, support Box Lunch, who made this contest available to us because Box Lunch, um, they give me that really awesome Harry Potter jacket, but they also, uh, when you go to Box Lunch and you buy something, a percentage of the money does go to a charity. So you do good while you're looking good, buying good stuff, dicking out your room, whatever it is. All right, we're here in Austin. George is with me. George is very nervous. I love being in Austin. Uh, I'm not nervous at all. Uh, I'm excited this is my first, like, proper Geekscape where I am not just some cameo. So I'm excited about that. This is what's crazy. Um, is George... Austin is the first place I ever went with John on a trip. And I want to say it was 2005. Yeah. We came to Austin for like a week, which happened to be like the week before South by Southwest or the beginning week of South by Southwest. Uh-huh. And we didn't have anything to do with the festival. But we came and we shot two music that videos. That was 2006. 2006. Yeah, it was 2006. So that's 11 years ago. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's kind of special. We shot um, two music videos here, and then Geekscape started. And, and then we you've came been, back You've been with me on times. Geekscape since the start, but this is your first time guesting. My first time guesting, but we've been into South By together multiple times. Multiple times. And uh, it's awesome that you're here, because we've never been to Fantastic Fest together, but we're both here, and you should hopefully get to catch some stuff later this week. I would like to see some movies. 
I'm here to write and to run. I originally came to Austin for my 20th high school reunion Geeks Campus. Yep, George is coming up next year. Next year, and, I know. And, I can't and, imagine what it's like. And I wrote up on my Instagram why I think you should go to your reunion. So, Geekscapists, why? if you're well, if you're sitting there, Geekscapists, and you're thinking my reunion's coming up, and it's you know my ten year reunion, my twenty year reunion, your five year, whatever it is. Um, and I'm talking high school. College is a little more grown up, a little spread out, and you only spent four years with these people. In high school, I knew these people since kindergarten, so. It's important for me to come back and see everybody because you don't get a whole lot of opportunities to witness that profound change, you know, and to see change in other people and just really witness what time and years do to somebody to their, you know, uh, and what I say to, what I said in my post was, especially for the people who are bitter about high school and they're still bitter about high school, is like, don't let who they were then, like, put on display who you are now. You know, like, don't be, like, who you are now is, like, that just means that they won, right? Like, you being bitter or unhappy or butthurt about high school just shows that the people who they were then has affected who you are now, and you're really going to go out like that? So don't let the years win. Don't let them take away your ability to be giving, your ability to accept change, your ability to uh, be open-minded to others and their change, and go to the reunion with open arms and have fun. Uh, I've had a blast, and I'm still recovering from it physically. But um, And I don't drink, which is crazy, but 4 a.m. outings will do that to you. Um, I would like to see some movies, but I've got some writing to do, George. I don't know if you know this as my partner and producing partner in Geekscape, but we had a very successful Hear the Prophecy reading Back in L.A. You told me about it. Last I was weekend. in Germany, so I couldn't come. You were in Germany. I was bummed. I would have loved to have been there. I strategically set the reading I for when you were did. in Germany. I did I not. I think you did. No. no don't lie. <laughs> I said His that. nose is turning red. Wait, your nose is growing. <laughs> Wait a second. Ay, ay, ay. I set the reading for when I thought, but I mean, I literally <laughs> finished writing the script Friday. I set the reading for Sunday um, because Saturday was Green Day. Um but I mainly wanted to know that the story works. And uh, hopefully, George, we are going to be up, in our, up to our ears and hear the prophecy uh, in the next, I don't know, year. I would love to make that movie. Love it's definitely a fantastic fast kind of movie. Totally. Right totally. So. so, Geekscapists. Fantastic Fest. I've never actually attended Fantastic Fest, George. So, Fantastic Fest is... Like it seems like the ultimate genre film festival in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never been to Sitges, which is in Spain, or Fantasia, or Fantasia in Montreal, which is Montreal. Yeah. So those I've heard great things about, but I have been to Fantastic Fest before. This is my second time. Yeah. Um, it's a really fun festival, and what's awesome is all the films are been consistently good. I feel like the bar was set high, and I I was not let down. Was the bar set high this year or last year? Was there a movie like? If you're trying to wrap your head around what kind of movie would be typical of the Fantastic Fest film, what are some movies that might be well-known to... Bone Tomahawk, people yeah. have seen. I saw the sequel, so to speak, a different film. Oh, this but is the, the one with the, this is the, this is the... Let's talk one, about that. This so, is the prison movie. The prison movie, um, it is, I'm finding here my notes, is called Brawl and Cell Block 99. And it's got Vince Vaughn. It's directed by S. Craig Zoller. He right. directed Bone Tomahawk, which opened the Fantastic Fest, I want to say, two years ago. Did you like Bone Tomahawk? I thought it was a very fun movie that, you know, you had a great action star in it. Right. And there was Kurt some interesting, interesting violence. And the cannibalism Western thing had never been explored. At least I hadn't seen it before. Um, Ravenous. I hadn't seen it then. Revenant so. is awesome. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Thank you. So I, I, I enjoyed it. I think Brawl and Cell Block 99 is better. Good. S. Craig Zoller in the Q&A explained that he felt there were budgetary shortcomings and other things that prevented him from being completely happy with how Bone Tomahawk turned out. Oh, I'm glad he said that because that, that's how I felt about Bone like Tomahawk. He didn't like the middle. Yeah. He felt that the, basically budgetarily they, were really, they couldn't do the journey properly. Yeah, and so Bone Tomahawk... So they shot the stuff in the town and they shot the stuff in the caves... And I think the middle was is what he wanted to have that that search and discovery where they like where if they leave the town they go. Sure, on this Bone Tomahawk is like a really good script that I felt was ankled by budget because you can see it and it's not quite as visually expressive. It's not as it's not as visually thorough as you think that that script 
like demands and I'm really glad that that he feels that way because I was like wait a minute does this guy just think that this is well, all it takes? I'm glad that he's I think he did that. a great job with Brawl and What's it about? What's it about? It starts off this is the first couple minutes I'm not giving much away um, there's a gentleman Vince Vaughn yeah. who's amazing in the film really solid performance uh-huh. he has that moment where he loses his job and then is about to lose his wife what do you mean? Why would he lose? So, because cause he, he lost his job gets home or? early and finds that she was having an affair. Okay. Um, but and who plays the wife? Uh, I don't know off the top of my but head. It, okay, because I know um, Evangeline Lilly's in the movie. No, it's not her. Okay, okay. So he loses his wife. Uh, yes, I'm not finding it's it okay. quickly in my notes. Apologies. That's all right. Um, this is a Geek so, Games. We don't, we're not doing lookups. I like it. <laughs> okay. So basically, he loses his job. He comes home, finds his wife was cheating. Their marriage has been on the rocks since she had a miscarriage. Sure. He decides that they need to save their relationship, and he calls an old buddy, and he becomes a drug runner. So Wait, he, what? He calls an old buddy. He needs money to pay for their, okay. their life. He calls <laughs> I, was say, I was like, okay. He they're... becomes a drug runner. He becomes a drug runner because he's, he's out of work, not because of romance. No. Because <laughs> that's what the way it made it sound. It was Sounds like, good. they need to put some spark in the relationship, so he starts running drugs. I was like, exactly. wait, what? No, he's they're trying, just up against he a hard place. to save their marriage, and then to give them financial stability, okay. he becomes a drug runner. Okay. Eighteen months later, things are looking much better, and his wife is five months pregnant. Sure. At that moment, um, a deal goes south, and he ends up going to jail. Sure, he gets caught with all right. This. And right. then there's all, I don't want to give too much more sure. away. Okay. But basically, a whole bunch of stuff happens that forces him into a, a path. And on that path, that leads to the brawl in Cell Block 99. And it, so there is a specific brawl that they're talking about. It's not a metaphorical, you're going to have to struggle. There's a lot of brawling. Okay, there's, there's a lot of fighting. There's brawling outside of prison, and there's a lot of brawling inside So if you want to see, like, fighting. And there's fighting. more than one prison, which I think is cool. kind of fun. So maybe you, that's a, too much of a twist. Maybe. But if but you, if you want to see lots of fighting, this right. is the movie. And S. Craig Zoller explained it really well in the Q&A. He said he kept it wide because he didn't want to go with that fighting style that is like the born identity yeah, where everything's super close up. And I think there was a moment when that was really fresh and exciting. But now I feel like because it's so off, done so often, yeah. it was refreshing to see the full fight. And they said that they rehearsed sometimes like 20 different moves. Mm. And the camera doesn't cut. The actors literally do all 20 moves. And he said it was exhausting on set when the 20th move didn't land. They had to redo all of it. Right. But it worked really nicely. And according to him... Almost all of the effects are practical. That goes back to like a Shaw Brothers style. Like a, that, it goes back to almost like a Asian kung fu movie style, where it's more theatrical and the camera is way right. back, so you can see the acrobatics and the moves, and then get kung fu, and you can actually see it. It's kind of got me interested to see this movie. It's great, and I wasn't interested. Now I'm interested. So you have Vince Vaughn. You yeah. have a really cool role by Don Johnson. Yeah. Um, you have an amazing role by Udo Kier. Oh, everybody loves him. He's amazing. He was at the Fantastic Fest debates, and he killed it. What are the What are those? Those are when you go to a boxing ring, and there's two three-minute debates, and then followed by two one-minute rounds of boxing. Okay, explain that to me. So, Hold one up. of the, what are the big debates? events of Fantastic Fest okay. is when multiple people who are involved in the Fantastic Fest community will debate a topic. Okay, like so what's an example for a good topic? This time, one of the topics was, is Christine the best Stephen King adaptation, for instance? Okay. So, um, and, one of the other topics... And who, and who was arguing that? Was, I'll get into that. Okay. Um, one, of the, one of the other topics is, was Christopher Lloyd the best vampire? The best person to ever play Dracula? Christopher Lee. Lee, sorry. Yeah. I was like, which movie no, did Christopher Lloyd play so, vampire? Yeah, Christopher Lee. Anyway, the debates were really fun. Um, a friend of ours, Adam Egypt Mortimer, yeah. uh, was in one, and he won. He won in his boxing match? He won in both, I would argue. Wait. Oh, he was in a debate as well? The debate is immediately followed by a boxing match of the it, same people. Okay, and so what debate was he in? He did. He advocated against Christine being the best Stephen King adaptation. What, it, what was his reasoning? He made his reasoning that he thinks Carrie is the best. Okay. And he's a big fan of his. Okay. He's a big fan of that film. So nobody's a Pet Cemetery fan. That did not come up, no. <laughs> Bastards. Nobody liked Tommy Knockers. You uh, jerks. No. I think The Shining was the other one that came up a lot. Nobody liked the TV adaptation of The Stand. You guys are jerks. <laughs> With um, Parker Lewis. Stand By Me did come up. Sure. Okay. So, 
Anyway, long story short, let's circle no, no. around back to Brawl. No, wait. I want to hear about Adam fighting. Adam so you, trained so you, so, for two months. Okay, so what do you mean he, he went trained? Up, he, went, he went up against Josh Ethier. And the two of them have worked together on the okay. movie that Adam directed. Josh was the editor. Okay. So they're long-standing friends. And, and what I kind of stuff is Josh? Common. Josh has edited some other movies and Fantastic Fest type stuff? Yes. Josh okay. um, is an editor-producer. And uh, he has worked on The Mind's Eye. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the same team did another movie, which is on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think sure. of it. Um, I don't know. Don't look at me. So they fought each other? These two friends fought each other with like, boxing gloves and everything? Yes. Boxing gloves. I think they're very, there's lots of padding. But I think just the fact that you don't box a lot, those one-minute rounds... Oh, yeah. It's really, hard to keep your arms up. Right. But nonetheless, it was good. And I think Josh and Adam definitely had the best... Boxing of the night. So you only get one round. You get two one-minute rounds. Two one-minute rounds. Which is after your two three-minute back and forth debating the topic verbally. Okay. And then the audience needs to choose a collective winner, which is based on the logic and the boxing. And did Adam win? Adam won, yes. He is the champ. Did he put put Eric on the ground? No. There was no knockout. Everyone always hopes for one of these things, but I'm really glad there wasn't one. Were there any good punches? There was, there was, the two of them had the best match. There were definitely good punches. Okay. What are you looking up? Geekscape Games. What are you looking up? Geekscape Games? I love it. That's what it sounds like, our Geekscape Games. And everybody's like, let me check. And then there are like two silent minutes of somebody tapping on a keyboard that somebody didn't edit out. Um, okay, so Brawl Cell, Cell Block. I nine, thought it was a great nine? film. Cell Block 8. What cell block number is it? It's cell block 99. 99, okay. okay. Vince Vaughn's amazing. The rest of the cast is really strong. It's a fun movie. There's great, there's great, like, the, the, I think there's a, the director did a great job, because he's also the writer, of mixing really witty lines. Like Vince he's a good Vaughn's writer. Yeah, he's really has good writer. great things to say whenever he does this. And it's followed by, like, perfectly timed, like, violence that's, like, funny, mm-hmm. but also still, like, intense. When does so, it come out? Um, I believe it comes out later this year. They did yeah. not specify a date. I know, but, but it's coming out. Yeah, and they're already showing trailers for it. Like they yeah, are, so they're releasing coming. trailers. So and yeah, he said he's already done another film with Vince Vaughn hmm. that they just wrapped two weeks or a week ago. Crazy. So anyway, let's okay. continue. Okay. okay, probably the film I thought George that was is now the most... George is now hosting the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm moving us forward. Um, <laughs> the film I felt like the most embodied the Fantastic Fest spirit is called Let the Corpses Tan. Okay, what is that? It's a 2017 film out of Belgium. <laughs> it's like a book review. Um, and the film is one of those, like, it references, like, those old giallo films. So it's like a 1970s caper. Sure. Right? So there's, like, a, a armored truck robbery. And then after that, there's, like, the police and the, 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 the thieves. Yeah. And a whole bunch of, like, back and forth mixed with, like, horror movie elements. What do you mean? So... This movie sounds weird. Wait. The movie's amazing. What the hell's the movie? Um, the movie is shot on this beautiful compound overlooking... Don't do that, because your the, microphone. Sorry. Uh, beautiful <laughs> compound overlooking <laughs> a sea in Europe. I'm not even sure where okay. exactly it was shot. So uh, it's I believe it was shot in Belgium. Beautiful cliffside type yes. thing? Yes. Cliffside okay. type thing. It's like this old abandoned church st- compound structure. Sure. And there's a woman who owns it, and she has multiple different tenants. And okay. So already there's like, robbers, a, there's like a clue type setup yeah, going. The okay. bank robbers end up hiding out there after. Okay. As guests of one of the tenants. And then some cops show up. And then there's like a whole bunch of mayhem that happens. Okay. So the cops show up. So do you see the heist happening? You see the heist. That's the opening of the movie. The opening of the movie is actually some weirdness right before the heist starts. That's the horror so element. Right. There, there's a horror element throughout. But horror and like there's vampires. there's like some witchcraft. Okay, it's horror like witchcraft. There's or some like... witchcraft. There's like, basically, it keeps cutting to this like crazy ritual mm-hmm. that may or may not have really happened there. You know? At the resort. At this compound resort thing. Okay. So what the, so. So what the bank robbers don't know and what the cops don't know is that the place where this is all coming to a head mm. is the setting for this witchcraft like thing yes that that's sounds the, that's the best way to okay so, it. so so, so that sounds cool has all these awesome things crime like, movie that turns into just movie. like the two color format where it's just like black and red for like okay. a moment like in the there's, 70s style exactly there's so, a lot of pop or 60s zooms. 60s and 70s okay there's pop zooms there's like 
really cool like that thing where they like do three or four like punch-ins on like cuts sure we're like but really 70s really 70s really fun is the it whole comedic? Movie keeps you going, huh? Is it is it a comedic movie or is it a thriller? It's dark. There's there's a thriller, but there's also dark humor elements. Okay. Like basically, at one point, one of the bank robbers, after having sex with one of the people involved, and the ends up getting chased by the cops and just runs around naked for like twenty five percent of the film. Like, oh wow! Like weird stuff like that. So there's like, like multiple. Really funny. So there's multiple plot threads going on. Multiple plot so, threads going okay, on. Cool. You don't know who is aligning with who. There's only so and so many vehicles. They're and on the hill. They're stuck there for. They're some stuck reason. there. It like basically becomes like 24 hours from bef- the breakfast before the bank robbery uh-huh. to the resolution of the film. And you loved it. It was really. It was a fun, fun ride. What's it called? Let the corpses tan. Let the corpses tan. Yes. It's a Belgian movie. It's a Belgian movie. This was the U.S. premiere. It says here on the Fantastic Fest site. That sounds awesome. Um, there, this directing duo previously did a Mare, um, and then they also did something called The Strange Color of Your Body's Tears. <laughs> I have not seen either. <laughs> That's of those the two thing, films. George, with like some of the Fantastic Fest people is like we've never heard of them. And, 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 they've, and they're like that's two, why it's good that this festival exists right. but like they're, but they're year, this but, festival is 13 years but the old thing now. is they've been at this festival before and they, they like these are guys who've had movies at festivals and we still don't know who they are and it's like two or three movies deep and it's so like from the psychotic minds that brought you that other movie that, is that like there's not a lot of money to be made right like, there were literally in almost every opening right. there was some joke made about the fact that like some of these movies you're doing it for the love of the game. Sure. I even made a love of the game joke to someone, and she was like, oh, is that a movie that's playing here? Because it sounds like it could be. Right. So basically, the amount of profit you can make in any of this stuff is wildly different. Some of these films will make money. Right. Some of these films will never make money. But you understand what but I'm saying, right? But we're going to enjoy them. And every single movie is like from the crazy, psychotic mind. Right, but and thank like, God this That's the advertising for every movie. Uh, They're all psychotic minds. There's definitely some psychotic mind, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Oh, okay. We know Adam. So. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Adam. Um, the next film, let's go to here, is 7852. Okay, what is that? Um, this oh, is Alexandra Philippe's film. That's our it's Alex's It's a 91-minute documentary. It's a gentleman and the whole team. It's uh, Alexander, Carrie, and Robert, and Chad that we worked with on Doc of the Dead right. three years ago. Um, their movie explores a single scene, and Alexander said in the opening that it's the he believes the only move documentary ever made about a single scene in a different film. Okay. And that is the shower scene in Psycho. Right. And it's just a great documentary. Um, the, Alex and the team did an amazing job. Um, it looks beautiful. Um, they did a really bold thing, and all the interviews are in black and white, which is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like Psycho. Film. Is there a color in the movie? There's color in the movie, and Alexander does a great job with all these different clips that he shows. Um, you see how the scene kind of how it worked like the historical context the shower scene because the shower scene is only how long Seven, it's, like, I think it's 78 pieces of film in 52 seconds that's the name of the, t- the film the sh- wait the shower, that shower scene that is like the iconic psycho shower scene is only 52 seconds long if I'm understanding it correctly okay. no um, I mean I believe this, you I feel like a dick now someone said that to me as we were leaving the theater yeah. but I didn't independently but because it's it. so iconic it's hard to believe that the thing is Alexander only said that there were yeah. 78 pieces of film. Sure. And then when we were leaving the theater, the guy next to me mentioned that it was 78 things in 52 seconds. Sure, sure, sure. So I have to take his word for that. I, um, yeah, let's go with it. Um, but nonetheless, it's amazing how well they discuss it. There's great interviews. Guillermo del Toro is someone who like speaks beautifully about the film. Peter sure. Bogdanovich speaks about it. Like, there's all these I've people. I've got my who, Peter stories. Um, <laughs> Do you remember our Peter? Yes, story? I remember them. So there are all the, there's all this historical context given. They talk about the the scene itself, how it was the, like the physics of the film physics, so to speak, like how the editing was done. He goes into like real interesting detail about why certain shots were done. They even talk about the the new psycho that was made and how that was different and how some things were kept and how, in some way, there were things that were done back then, even with the technical limitations that they had, that still worked better than when you had all the gear later on. So I thought that mm-hmm. was some fascinating stuff there. And then at the end, they they sh- literally show you like twenty different clips from other films, and you see the simil- like the how like homage, reference, similarity. You know, f- mm-hmm. upgrades like it's just awesome. Like it's just iterations of that original. Yes, concept. different moments. What are different some of the movies? Things. 
Um, now you've got me a, I, I feel yeah, like when whole, I watched it they all like they were all bigger films they all made sense but like what like a Star Wars no not Star Wars um, there's one oh shice I can't remember um, let me come back to that but it, it was just you awesome. got 20 different movies you can't remember I, one of them I feel like I can see them in my head and there's <laughs> one that was like a really good example because they talked about it um, and it, we're talking about the editing techniques here. Editing techniques and just composition and, right. and like you know the back and forth. Um, I thought it was interesting too that they even had. Uh, so Jamie Lee Curtis is the daughter of the actress Janet Lee. Sure. And she did a scene in Halloween. The, in Halloween, no the the most recent one that she's on, Scream Queens. Sure, Scream and Queens. And she was like, she never wanted to touch it before. Right. But the Scream Queens one was a really cool adaptation of it. You right. Know, it's like, the, like that kind of stuff. Sorry, mm-hmm. I, I'm having a mental block. That's okay. Welcome to Geekscape, Thank George. you, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's only, been ten, welcome, it's only been 10 years of the making. <laughs> <laughs> Good to have you on the hot seat, George. I hope this is interesting to George, people. have you listened to any of these podcasts I that have we've before, ever made yes. before? Okay. 100%. You, you uh, and listen, Geek you, Drone before that. Yes. You know about, so you know about Geekscape. Yes. You're a part of this. I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Did people come to see you at Stanley's LA Comic Con coming up Halloween weekend? Are you going to come to Stanley's LA Comic Con? I'm definitely going to come. We have a booth. You know that. I, we've discussed this multiple now, times. George, don't act like I don't now, know Now, George, this. can the Geekscapers come and say hi to you? I will be there. I, okay. I've come to every Stanley Comic Con. I know. Can they the get one your time aut- I was there very short because I was middle of graduate school. Can they get your autograph? If they want my autograph, I will okay. happily give my autograph. All right. Will you have um, the 20 movies I will then? find that... Uh, there's a nice picture of the two of us when we went to those geeky awards. Yes. I will print a couple. If someone wants an autograph, we'll oh. have both of our autographs oh, on there. Oh, George will have glossies. I'm not signing that. It, your your, autog- your autograph is... Signs. Okay. George will have glossies. I'm not glossies. asking to sign without my... <laughs> <All right. laughs> John's, uh, John's on a high horse here. He thinks he only yeah. needs to sign. No, we're both. No, signing. you're signing alone. We're both. No, signing. I will. Both de- signing. I would devalue that. I um, disagree. We're both in the photo. It'd be weird not to. George, it's hilarious. Anyway, so I'm excited you're gonna have glossies at Stanley's. I'm excited. Con. So, and then the apocalypse. Speaking of Doc of the Dead, um, I wanted to see this film. I had heard mixed things. What is it? Um, it's a movie from the United Kingdom, Scotland, I believe, to be exact. Sure. And it is basically cooties, right? Which is zombies the, that's in, the in an Wood elementary thing. school meets high school musical. Okay. So it's uh, Anna's life is dominated by the typical concerns of her youthful peers until the Christmas season in her small town brings not Santa, but an outbreak of the undead in this genre-mashing holiday horror musical. Wait, hold on. Okay, so it's a Christmas movie in a sense. It's a Christmas movie in a sense. And it's got musical elements. It's got like t- 10 songs where Whoa. the whole cast breaks out. It's like High Whoa. School Musical meets Cooties. I think and then there's zombies in the middle of it. And there's a huge zombie outbreak. What the um, hell? I think that it's it's a smart film. It's really well done. It's impressive. All the choreography and the singing. I felt overall... And it's I was from Scotland. Hoping, I think it was possibly how it was set up. That it was, sure. They were saying that this takes the zombie thing to a whole new level. I think that I didn't get at the end. Right. It, it's, I, it, it sounds like it was, it the, was just... It was interesting. It was fun. But it didn't it do anything new for zombies. It was a bunch of teenagers zombies. having to fight for their lives and sing while they're doing it. I, I don't think there were that many brand new, like, Concepts. rules of zombies, you know? Yeah, like, it didn't do anything to of, advance zombies. It's I don't think so. Like, I feel like there was he- good head smashing. There was good baseball bats to the brain. But like, zombies were pretty much a was, standard. There was some fun in a bowling alley. Zombies sure. in a bowling alley was kind of fun. Cool. Um, I think there was some new stuff there. I just, it didn't, and maybe it was just that having been exposed to so much of it with you when we made that, worked on that documentary with Alexander and Karen Robert. But it just, I didn't see, like, it wasn't like, oh, my God, this is, like, a whole new thing. Yeah, this know? it's not Shot of the Dead. There's another film that I didn't see, The Cure, mm. which talks about a world, I believe, where there's a zombie outbreak, and mm-hmm. then some of them are rescued by a pharmacist, like, a, some kind of medicine. Bring, cure. Cures, well, it, whatever, saves some. Right. But they're, I think they're never the same again. Sure. So I haven't seen that film. Uh, I don't know if I will it's get like a, to. It's I like a horror night. type movie? But yeah, I believe it explores like that, what happens, like that portion. So I feel like that would be more new to me. Um, I don't know. I'm not a huge music guy, so I, I couldn't tell you, but the music sounded fun. It was, there's some good jokes in this, you know, so. Anna and the Apocalypse? Anna and the Apocalypse, yes. Yeah. 
And does um, it seem like that's going to be something that the Geekscapers can find somewhere? Does it seem like it's going to get a release? XYZ was all over the credit sequence. It's uh, Todd Brown's an executive producer. Okay. Who's with XYZ. So I'm assuming it's going to get some distribution. Sure. I don't know what if it's coming out this holiday season or next holiday season, but I have a feeling it's going to come out. Um, let's see. What else? So I also saw a movie from Denmark called Darkland. Um, the first day I was there, I think I saw that Belgian movie. Then I saw this movie from Denmark. And then I saw a movie from the United Kingdom, so it was like all stuff from not America, yeah, so that yeah. was kind of fun. Darkland um, is set in the Iraqi population that lives in Copenhagen, uh, capital of Denmark. Okay. So I think these are people who left during the Iran-Iraq war, based mm-hmm. on the math that was discussed in terms of having moved 30 years ago. And these, one, it's a kind of a family story of two brothers. The one brother is very successful and marries a Danish girl, mm-hmm. and is like a, a, brand, a cardiologist, cardiac, cardiac surgeon. Okay. Meanwhile, the other brother is gets involved with some gangs, Iraqi okay. gangs, and after something goes horribly wrong, comes to his brother and asks for a ton of money. Wait, does this movie take place in 1992 or does it? Play, no, this takes take place, place in 2017 okay. in Denmark. But okay. I'm assuming based on the fact that But these that are brothers 30 years ago. These are first came, generation brothers. They're they, first generation brothers who were probably four or five when they moved to Denmark perfect. and they're now okay. 35. Okay. Great. Right? So And one's become a hood and one's become right. a Right. So the a older brother who's surgeon. the early 30s sure. is the cardiac surgeon and the the younger brother who just turned 20 or something is the hoodlum. Okay. Right? And there's some interesting stuff about, you know, the fact that did the older brother is he trying to be they refer to the film, and at least in the subtitles, as being white, which I think means like being Dan, like yeah, pretending you, to be one hundred percent. You Danish. sold out. You sold, sold out. out your nationality. So there's an interesting thing. The guy who plays the head bad guy, the head gangster, is awesome. He, okay, he has an, his name in the film is Simeon, and he's um, supposed to be an Iraqi as well, or is he? He's Danish? also Iraqi. Okay, yes, and he just he perfectly epitomizes like a modern day villain. Okay, like, just like he drives a Range Rover, has a wicked haircut. Sure. He's into, like, kickboxing. Like, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Zaid basically, also previously was into martial arts. But this Gave is the younger brother or the older the, brother? The older brother. The, yeah, the, I, feel like, did I feel like I skipped over some plot. So, anyway, the younger brother gets involved with some mess. He shows up at the older brother's apartment, asks for a ton of money. Right. The older brother, I feel like this is something that was missing. Because the fact that he doesn't help him out, obviously, leads to lots of problems later on. Sure. And I feel like maybe there should have been some sentence, like, I've given you so much already, I can't do yeah. or something, you, but whatever. You need a little more history. I feel like I didn't have enough there. The older brother says, get lost, basically. Sure. Shows him the door. Then the, the younger brother ends up dead. And then oh. the older brother, basically, can't deal with this fucking guilt, and goes on, and the movie's a revenge movie. Which is interesting, because I feel like I've seen three revenge movies now at Fantastic Fest, and I wonder if there's something about revenge movies or like that, like there's a zeitgeist to it. I also feel like there's something about, I read something recently that currently people are no longer becoming adults when they turn 18. It seems like almost they're psychologically becoming adults in their early 30s now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there are these different currents I've seen in these multiple films where they're dealing with the fact that like men in particular are maybe like not really adults till later. And that some of these people are ch- dealing with these bigger challenges. So basically, Zaid goes back to his martial arts roots, gets tough, and goes on this one-man revenge thing that leads to like a lot of brawling all across the Somewhat. dark parts of, <laughs> uh, of Copenhagen. Right. Um, Zaid it? has his awesome look, which is sort of reminiscent of uh, the Tarantino film with all the motorcycles. He has a red motorcycle, but he paints it black. He's wearing what, all black. Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, you have a much better no I'm, knowledge of I'm films. I'm so tired, George. Uh, you look tired. I thought he was about to fall asleep. Guys, that's why Geeks gave us. Geeks gave us. I'm literally awake. like, I. I think you should stand up. No. Well, here's the thing, George. I spent Thursday night. Did in you the drink so- a Coca Cola like I told you to? No, because that didn't. That'll crash me, and I don't have cokes here. no. Listen. Let me get back to Dude, I slept in the Salt Lake City airport Thursday night. Because I didn't make my flight. I'm so sorry. But I only slept 30 minutes because I didn't want anybody stealing my bag because I, I had my Nintendo it Switch. horrible. And I was playing Thimbleweed Park. Yeah, so that's why you're still wiped because you, you missed the night so, of sleep. So, dude, I was putting in grades. And then you got up and you put, got like running. You went running early in the morning. Saturday. Yeah, but that's two days later. I didn't know what day was what. Yeah. Because I went to a football game with my old high school classmates the Friday night before. I don't know who I am right now. 
Let's continue. Okay. So, uh, Darkland 2017, directed by Fenar Armad. It's a very fun film. Is it just straight a crime movie? It's a revenge film. So there's no fantastical elements in it, no no horror, no no, no other world. There's really good fighting. I feel like the the villain is awesome. But if you're a fan of like the raid, it might be a cool movie it's, to look into. It's not that level of martial arts. Okay. The raid is a, a one it's level. Ra- above. Yeah, that's crazy. But nonetheless, but it's, it's a kind fun of if you're a fan of Taken. I feel like, like, as I said, there's a little about me where it's like he didn't help the brother. So I, I didn't necessarily buy in to the revenge because the revenge ends up costing him a lot. Sure. Which I don't want to get into. Sure. Gives too much Spoilers, away. yeah. But I did love the fact that they did a really good job putting this Iraqi community in Denmark. And there's so many other things from all the things that are going on in U.S. politics and stuff. Like I just thought that was very timely. And in European politics because you exactly, have... Exactly, yes. You have... What's the country? It could be Denmark where you have all the Ethiopian... Uh, immigrants all across Europe, and it's just all across immigration. It, yeah, and people are um, people are accusing them of vandalism. And that, and right. Then, so there was a there was. I feel like that was really timely, mm-hmm. and I feel like the revenge story was well done, and the fighting was kick ass. Hmm. You know, I just felt like me. Maybe I'm always into that story. I, I felt like there was some piece missing to really just signify why he needed to go. Yeah, why he suddenly wakes lunch. up and has this quest. Because right. I, you know, anyway, you should watch the film. It's a fun okay. film. Um, the other film that was revenge film was called Firstborn, and that was made in Latvia. Uh, and this is Latvia's, I believe, only second horror film. The first one being by the same director called The Man in the Orange Jacket. The director who I met, really cool guy. His name's Ike Karapetian, and uh, it's close to home because he is of Armenian descent, and I'm married. You're to married to an Armenian woman. woman. So um, we chatted after the after the film. I like the film. Wait, this film is a revenge film with fantastical elements. Okay, um, wait. So the set story, in Latvia, set in Latvia. The, okay, both this film, the one that was in Denmark, and this film, Firstborn, which is in Latvia, do an amazing job. Like as a third-party tourist, like these amazing places you see, like We're you know, like just these really European, showing off Latvia. Yeah, like these just big forests and interesting cities. George, where's Latvia? Latvia is on the Baltic. It is one of those places okay. that used to be part of the Soviet Union. Yes, now independent. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the Soviet Union's going to want that back. So Russia's going to want that back short, pretty soon. When, um, do, when do they invade Latvia? <laughs> it's going to happen, pal. Tr- it's on so the it's on the ocean. I thought it was interesting. Putin's going to want it back. Um, this film is slightly different. There's a, a, a young couple who it's a very very it's a, an architect who has a very attractive wife, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of references made that he is kind of like a, a meek, small statured architect, okay, and not a big warrior. And that starts literally with this like bizarre Japanese performance that the film opens with, which it has nothing to do with the actual no, narrative, it does, it does, but, it, but it, it sets it up the sets tone. Sets up the tone really well. Okay, so and, and, then, and now he's being accused of being like. Well, basically, what happens is after the coward of the county party. Do you know this, that song? Huh? The coward of the county by. I don't know that song, but it sounds like it's the appropriate it's a country thing. song. But it's like right. this guy's like so, turns the other cheek a lot. Right. So basically, okay. in this film, there him and the wife are walking home from a party. She's had a lot to drink, and there's a motorcyclist who drives past them in the night, and she's kind of in the middle of the street, but he gets really close to her, and so she's really upset, and she starts cussing him out. Cussing out the motorcycle. Motorcycles, okay. And then he stops the motorcycle and comes forward and confronts them, and meanwhile the husband was trying to calm things down. Yeah. Things escalate, and it gets pretty nasty. So he, like, kills the wife. No, no, The motorcyclist, like... I mean, I feel like I don't want to get But it's the beginning of the movie. It's the beginning of the movie. Basically, so, like, what happens? He knocks the husband out of the way, and then, like, kind of, sort of, it's not a sexual assault, necessarily. Right. But he hits the wife, and then, like, like threatens her sexually with, like, this crowbar. Right. But, like, it's just, the guy's a real dick. Like, it's right. Torn. Yeah, yeah. He, he should have, like, even if he had cussed him back out, like, he took it to a whole other level of violence. Like, the the motorcyclist. Yeah. So... Anyway, and this guy was humiliated. The main character was like humiliated. Exactly, the main character was completely humiliated. Right, he basically like stumbles back from get, like getting knocked out. Basically, in- as the guy like drops the crowbar, gets on his bike, and takes off, and he takes the wife's purse. Now in the get now in the Kenny Rogers, the coward of the county, the Gatlin boys come calling, and they take turns on Becky. If you've heard that what, song, isn't that the Strawbridge movie? Was that the Straw Dogs? Isn't it like they the turn straw that? Dogs? Yeah, I mean, uh, there was a TV movie based right. on the coward of the county. So then, like, I'm a big I thought was, was, was very cleverly done that I think sets up a lot is that they go to the cops 
but it turns oh, out because that's that what the you detective would do. that gets assigned is this like this ex boyfriend of the wife, and Whoa. he is like the opposite of the husband. He is like yeah. strong, brave. He flies right? off the handle, and yeah. so the, I think this puts even more pressure on the husband because now he's being shown. So up. The husband takes like a tip that the cop like happily mentioned and t- investigates it himself. And all of a sudden comes to confront the motorcyclist. So the and husband is going rapidly. behind the guy's back. Right. Because he wants to do better point, than the ex-boyfriend. And a bunch of shit happens that leads to a crazy ending. I think that's... I feel like I don't want to give too much more away. Sure. But, but basically, like... But he went too far. The he, husband he, ends up yeah. going too far. And he starts a sequence and of events. starts a sequence of events that eventually end up causing a lot of mayhem. <laughs> but what's nice is that there's this whole other storyline... That the husband is doing when he goes to um, explore this property that he's building, he's doing the plans for. Wait, all this is going on while he's also... Yeah, like, all these movies are very late. So, wait, in the middle of pursuing this guy who assaulted his wife, he's like, hold on, I gotta go check some property? No, no, this is, there's multiple days passing by here. Oh, okay. And... Oh, he's doing research. Right, his, his job, and part of his, you see him doing his job... There's this whole other storyline with this like mythical beast in the woods that I've really enjoyed. What? Yes. Okay, so it's not just Taken or like in a revenge movie in that sense. There's no. also like this otherworldly thing. Does it ever dovetail well, back? Similar. To, they, right. they end up. There are. They linkages. dovetail back there together. I, I, just, I feel like I hate. Does he be, the he befriends a monster in the woods that helps him go get revenge? Well, let's just say like it's like a Pete's lot Dragon of... for grownups. Is <laughs> 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 it like Pete's Dragon for grownups? I've never, I've never seen Pete's Dragon. I can't speak. Is that why you're so serious? Because you never had a childhood? How did you not watch Pete's Dragon? I, I don't know. We've watched a lot of <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <And> long story <laughs> short, it's a beautiful, beautiful film. <laughs> it's a really interesting I'm just going to talk like Pete's Dragon. And it touches on that same thing about <laughs> like what particularly, I'm a, I'm a man, so what, is it, what does it mean <laughs> to like, I have a wife and child, like at what, what point to become like the man, like the sure, man, and I feel sure. like it touches on some of those things, you know? Step so, up. Uh, right, and I feel like the friend fact, a monster in the woods, and there's you use the monster stuff. to get revenge so, anyway, on the guy killed. Let's keep going. So, if Pete's dragon killed people, that's what this movie would be. Maybe I don't want to spoil anything. What's anyway. it called? Wait, George, what's okay, it called so again? That's called Firstborn. Firstborn. Uh, okay. Directed by Ike Karapetian, and he was uh, cool. From Latvia, he was a very cool guy. He's working on some more projects, and I just feel like what's awesome is that you know, in discussing the project with him, it's like this is a movie that like they made. You know, they found some of these cool locations that were they got from the government for free. They shot like in cold to minus twenty Celsius weather. They got these awesome this is like not winter sound scenes fun. in the Latvian forest. Right. These are like just big old forests. Like it's just huge all this, epic shots. Like it's stuff that we could never get in L.A. Right. Like, but it's like the revenant having, looking. Uh, being a filmmaker, I always right. like think of like the production aspects and like there's stuff that for them was very easy to get. Yeah, you point of, the like, camera out a window. But right. still, they did a lot of hard work to get these beautiful, amazing shots, and that's something that we could physically never get anywhere outside of Los Angeles. So, like, right. there's that kind of stuff. Um, this next film is probably the one of the most highest quality films I've seen. Um, a, definitely a fantastic fest. It's called Killing of a Sacred Deer. Okay. It is uh, I'd heard 120 of this minutes from the United Kingdom. Um, I'll read the summary from the thing, and I'll go from... I feel like when I don't, it just... just Wanders off. <laughs> Jonathan starts the life of a brilliant Christ. surgeon is thrown into disarray when his friendship with a bizarre teenager threatens the lives of his entire family. Faced with a frightening choice, the man will be forced to assess all that he's ever done. So this is the same director and Colin Farrell who made The Lobster together. Yeah, did you and like The Lobster? I have not seen The Lobster. Oh, I, I thought it was okay. And then at the end, like the last quarter of the movie, it falls inward. Okay. But I loved the this opening. Film I loved the first got two better and better as you kept watching. Great. Colin Farrell's amazing. Nicole Kidman's amazing. Mm-hmm. The kids are amazing. The the te- the guy who plays a teenager was at Fantastic Fest. He was amazing. Like I just feel like the performances were all solid. They're mm-hmm. all they're all like similar to what I've seen from The Lobster and the one before that, which I yeah. can't remember the name of. Watch now. The Lobster because like the first three quarters um, of that movie. Dogtooth. Yeah, Dogtooth. Dog so the performances all have that unique stilt. But you have to give. I think this the guy's director, a genius. He's amazing. I think he's a genius. Yorgos Lanthimos. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing yeah. that. But it's his vision, and I, I have nothing like I can say no Don't wrong the, about the movie. Don't hit that microphone. It's his move. It's his vision. Right. It's perfectly carried out. You know, I may not like for better all of or worse, decisions, right? But it's amazing. Like it's it's such good filmmaking, and there's this amazing pivotal scene in the living room of the family house. That's all I'll say at the end. And I, ca- I realized in the theater I was so emotionally invested. Like, 
the previous, I don't know, 80 minutes had sure. pulled me in to the point where I was like cringing and like, oh my God, how, like, like I was like about to like jump out of my chair. Like, that's amazing. Like all my, all my neurons were firing. So really cool film, cool performances. Also, you know, just like so well done. There's so many small little things. Like, it's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, the other film I saw, which was also s- extremely good quality, is the one that won the um, Palme d'Or at Cannes. Jesus. It's called The Square. Um, it is... I didn't know much about it. It's about I don't either. an I, art I just museum know director's life. And the way this... It says it's a comedy of errors. That sounds boring. It is in it. Okay. I feel like this film was a little more slow moving. It's very long. It's 150 minutes. Okay. Right? So it's two and a half hours. However, it does such a good job. Like, you, you see so many facets of this character, and you're only with him for, like, this one wild week of his life. And it starts off with, like, this wild party where then he oversleeps. He almost misses a television interview, after which he's involved in some crazy thing where his wallet gets, and cell phone get stolen. Mm-hmm. And then it's similarly, all those three things set off this chain of events that spiral into this crazy thing by the end of the week where like all this wild stuff happens there's no fanta- fantastic elements right so it's all situational suspense however like the modern art world is discussed you know his relationship with his family his relationship you know with the people he's dating like all this different stuff are just so well connected and so well inter- intertwined there's one scene where he's having an argument and Meanwhile, there's, like, these people doing something to this exhibit of stacking chairs in the background. So, like, they're having the argument. The couple's having the argument. Meanwhile, these crazy random noises are happening. And, like, they can't hear each other. But we can't necessarily hear them. But we know what's going on. But they're still having this because they need to have it right then and there. Because they're both pissed, right? Like, but meanwhile, these crazy noises are coming from these stacking chairs in the background. Like, it's amazing. So, I don't know. It just sounds weird. it's a longer movie. I don't want to say it's a slow burn, but it's definitely a, a different... That European... This is a film made from Sweden. Right. Also, similar to our Denmark and Latvian films we discussed, amazing visuals. Like, yeah. it's so amazing to see these different European landscapes and architecture and tunnels and just, like, it felt so refreshing to not see the usual, like, American city how, or I, trying to pretend LA is New York. And how many of those movies had art funds that helped? You know what all I mean? Like, they all had grants, all right? Had grants, yeah, we don't, have, sure. grants we don't have grants. States. I know. No. Not that we'd be qualifying for that. No, the, the U.S. government wants to make Hero of the Prophecy. Ah, that's amazing. Um, I'm called <laughs> Don Don right now. Um, another film I saw from Hungary with German grant funds is called Jupiter's Moon. This was probably the most science fiction-y film. Um, it starts off another topical thing: uh, Syrian refugees trying yeah. to get into Europe. Uh-huh. They're at the border of Serbia and Holland, or Hungary. Sorry, Serbia and Hungary. And one of the the main character is uh, I don't know, twenty year old, but he's called the boy. But he's not. I don't think he's dot. He's Serbian. Maybe he's nineteen. He's okay. Syrian. Syrian. He's trying to cross from Serbia to Hungary. There's a huge bunch of people getting smuggled on boats. The border patrol shows up. The boats start capsizing. Oh, no. He makes it to shore, but then gets shot. On what side? He's on, on the Hungarian, on Hungarian side. side. Okay. After he gets shot, he doesn't die. He starts levitating. What? I'm, I feel like it's done so well that I know when I say right, it, right, it right, sounds right, like... Right, how, like, right. but it's, probably all, it's really artful. It's so it's artistically pro- done. Yeah. And it's so... Like, there's so much emotion. Like, you, I, once again, I feel like I don't want to get into the whole plot, but, like, there's so many things you've already learned about his situation and why they're escaping and all the things that have just happened that when it happens, like, you're, like, you're so wrapped up in it that you totally make that leap that, like, oh, well, at least he's not dead. Like, it's like, the first thing I thought of was, well, he's not dead, right? And then, you know, like, his blood floats and shit. Like, it's really well done. Anyway, basically, there's a doctor who has a whole bunch of problems of his own who owes people a lot of money who finds this kid and thinks this is going to be his payday. Mm-hmm. But the two of them have this amazing relationship, which spans the whole film. Is the kid still levitating? The kid, like, it's reminding me of Chronicle. Right. Where, like, they, he, he keeps getting better and better and better at his levitation abilities because he's... Okay, able but to he can come that. down to Earth. Yes, he can come yeah, down This kid's not just floating through Eventually, the movie like a balloon. Eventually, he's able to control it more and more and more. Okay. And it's just awesome. So, really fun film. Um, What's it called? It's called Jupiter's Moon. What? I feel like the ending, for me, it, it, like I feel like 
it's fun, but then there's lots of sadness. Why is it called Jupiter's Moon? It there's a quote at the beginning talking about Europa, which is one of Jupiter's yeah, moons that yeah. has the frozen water, and that's all it said. So unless I unless there's something I missed, so it's basically a a movie about a boy who could fly. Right, but there's the religious right the repercussions of up. what if this kid basically, really existed. It's people would see kid, him as Christ-like. Kid, it's an angel. I think right. it, early on the word angel said so sure. like I'm not giving much away. But um, it's a realistic and then there's like a political background, like what would happen if this kid like, actually shows up. Right. There's there's the immigration thing, there's a terrorism plot, there's yeah. the government plot, there's you know, the the doctor and his relationships with the people at the it's hospital. A, it's got a charged backdrop. It's done really well. And one it's again, it's one that it almost felt like because I think things were a little cheaper in Hungary. They had the scale of shots like in the Matrix films. Wow. Where there's like a whole crowd of people who at some point freeze because they notice him or something like that. Where it's like American films, you would need a lot more cash flow right. to make that happen. Yeah, people um, would be I also like... feel like they had amazing access to places. So really cool. Like, I feel like it's one of those, like we've done a, a lot of work, John and I. And there's times when you see someone's vision for something and the budget. And they're like, those two don't line up. But in this yeah. case, it, 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 there was that. So, how are we coming together here? We've talked about Jupiter's moon, the square, let the corpses tan, killing of a sacred deer, mm-hmm. firstborn, Darkland, Brawl in Cell Block 99, and on the Apocalypse, and 7852. So, George. And tonight is a secret screening at 8 o'clock, oh. and I've heard two things. Yeah. Death what, Wish you think it's or in... The Shape of Water. Okay. Wow. Um, I Either hope, one, yeah. I'm excited about. Okay, so the first one is Death Wish, and that's the Bruce Willis starring remake of Death Wish that by Eli Roth, by Eli Roth, which I've heard people saying feels very like alt right is a term that someone told me today at lunch. Okay, um, so I'm interesting to see because I wonder in today's what political climate. Mean? Well, I, I feel like if you watch the trailer, yeah, I saw it, the trailer. There's like this revenge, another revenge film, right? And I wonder if that deals with any sort of, of the politics. From the trailer, it seems like it could. And someone, the Shape of Water else, would be awesome. The Shape of Water looks amazing. Because like that came out I've of Toronto. Watched the, I watched that with trailer like and huge. I was enthralled. Like, I didn't see the trailer. So I saw a scene from it. I didn't see the trailer, but it's I Guillermo del Toro's new one yes, about this. So good. About a fish man, like a merman. Right, which is played by a good friend Doug Jones. Exactly. Our own Douglas Jones. And, uh, and Michael Shannon's like a government stooge who's like in charge of like. Right. Keeping it secret, and then like the the and then there's a love story. The the, love story, the merman the woman, falls in love with a with woman. The cleaning lady, I think, is like the the, the backdrop. But it looks. Amazing. I totally want to see this movie. Um, I I hope that you were going to see the, the Gamble Little Tour movie. I hope so too. No but offense, if not, to, yeah. I will also watch no offense Eli to Eli Roth, Roth who, who blew smoke in Gilmore's face. I will always watch the movie with Bruce Willis if it comes up. Yeah, it's that simple. Um, so so George, let's be real. Talk to me about the controversy. So, there was a lot of controversy right before the festival. The festival seems very full. I, I've heard some things at different parts of the festival. It's not something that Let me handle to be this. in every conversation. Let me handle this. So, basically, like, the big controversy is that, like, and I, I mean, Geekscapers, you don't know this, but I made a movie, and George knows this. Remember in undergrad when I made Spores, the movie? Yes. I made a movie senior year with my friends called Spores, the movie, and it was a 75-minute I love the movie. I was almost supposed to be in the elevator scene. You were. But I couldn't. But it, I actually owned a VHS copy But it's movie. kind of like a Shaun of the Dead-ish. It is. Like, very... two nerds don't witness that a zombie apocalypse has beset the, the campus yeah, because of a meteor shower, which I took from... Uh, I took that from Night of the Comet. And they look up and they have zombies walking around. <laughs> There's nothing much zombie about them other than they're dead-eyed. Um, and then, uh, it's not a great movie, but... Here's the thing. After we graduated, after I graduated undergrad, my my dad is like a gift. My stepmom rented out the original Alamo Draft House on uh, what's uh, on Colorado downtown. It's long gone, but that's where Tim League and, and his wife started the Alamo Draft House. And we, the original Alamo Draft House, we rented it out and we showed spores, and we had fun watching it. And my, and in our, and since that day, and really since finding out that in like a year or two earlier, the Alamo, really the Alamo started, I think, in 98, like I've always felt like this kinmanship with the Alamo. And I think that's true for a lot of people in Austin. Um, and, 
it's tough for us to see this controversy. I don't know Geekscape if you know if you know about it online, but uh, there was a writer uh, who was accused of assault, and he was writing for a publication that Tim Lee, who started the Alamo, had started called Birth Death Movies. And while during his employment with that, he supposedly assaulted a, a fellow, you know, a, a woman, and he had to give up his editorial role. And then about a year ago, knowing that this guy is now unemployed, and uh, Devin was a big voice in film. He's always been a big voice in film. I remember him being a big voice when I started Geekscape in film. And like a Harry Knowles type guy who's like, man, this guy does really good film criticism. And um, I remember, and then like, a, I guess a year ago, Tim from the Alamo gave him a job of doing copywriting for Fantastic Fest or for the Alamo Draft House. And when that was found out, Tim came under fire a lot. And I know Tim is in a, was in a tough place and has tried really hard to publicly um, assuage fears that this is a climate that was created. And supposedly this, there was a boys club type club atmosphere that, that, that grew in the Alamo Draft House. You know, and it's just so... And, it, and it's sad to me that this is kind of the climate that happened. And recently Harry Knowles got it, you know, it came up that Harry Knowles, who started the Fantastic Fest with Tim, it came up that Harry had, um, uh, you know, assaulted, been inappropriate with uh, with a female who ended up working later for the Alamo Draft House. And you have this history of this stuff. And, um, and of course it's shit on light because we have... A president who, during his campaign, was saying, "You know, grab the puss and you know, just grab it." But let's but let's be clear. I mean, on Geek Drum, guys, this is not in two thousand five, two thousand six when we were doing Geek Drum. I made the cup the puss joke, and beyond that, we made cup the puss like really haha cup the puss shirts. But uh, I mean, some of you geekscapers remember the cup the puss shirts in their cute shirts. It's a little kitty in a cup. And it came out of a joke that I made about, like, Geekscapist geeks who were afraid of talking to girls, just coming out with it and, you know, cup in the post, which isn't, it's like, it, guys, that is physical fucking assault. And when I realized that it's not okay when this whole cosplay is not consent stuff started years ago, I mean, those cup the push shirts maybe lasted a year, uh... I acknowledge that that is not a, a language or <laughs> that is not a message that I wanted associated with us. And you can't get those shirts anymore. Those shirts don't exist. Like, I mean, they're locked up and you can't buy that shirt. Uh, and it's just not a message that, I mean, I'm speaking for you, George, but it's not a message I wanted associated. I definitely didn't want to put those shirts out on the Comic-Con floor. And if you're a woman and you want to wear those shirts, that is you celebrating... That, that is you as a woman choosing... We only made girl shirts of that stuff. And I just, like, as a woman, if you want to wear that shirt, then you are wearing something that that is your interpretation of something that is kind of celebratory of, I don't know, your body or your your view towards sexuality or men or your relationship with men. It, it was something that was going to get away from me very easily. And knowing that it could get away from me and be interpreted a million different ways, I didn't want those shirts proliferated anymore. You know? And to now see years later that this stuff is in the forefront, this climate, uh, it's just sad to me. Because I'm not saying that we're better than anybody, George, here at Geekscape, because we are very much the small guy in this whole geek you know, online thing, but damn, dude, like, eight, nine years ago, I realized I didn't want to be associated with any kind of boys club culture, you know, and and especially with all, you know, especially as far as conventions go and cosplay's consent, and that was a decision I made to be like, no, that's not even funny anymore. Um, So true, Uh, but I I think now And now here we are, and this stuff is still fucking existing. Yeah, no, I think things took different times to change. And then right. unfortunately, I think what's happening is things that should have been changed a long time ago were dealt with. It seems like that's sort of been what the problem here is, is that these things weren't dealt with properly by the, right. by the organization. And I feel like that's what's, you know, even in 
um, the president's referral to locker room speech. Or yeah, the locker like, room talk. Like, yeah, yeah like that, that felt like that wasn't correct anymore. Like and you that, can argue yeah. all you want whether or not Trump has created a culture where this stuff has come out. I, I mean, I believe that he's emboldened a lot of this stuff. But that being said, human beings, think for yourselves and realize that this is not okay behavior coming from anyone. Um, and let's hope that the good thing that comes out of this is that the organizations are better able to prevent this yeah. Also, deal with this stuff much more accurately. But I don't know if accurate is the right word, but much more sensitively and much more fairly. Well, I'm a and fan I, of Tim's. I'm a fan of Alamo Draft House. It's a brand like I'm so excited that we're getting an Alamo in, in, in Los Angeles. For for this shadow to be cast over it is really sad. And, and uh, Harry's no longer involved with Fantastic Fest. Tim d- isn't present at this year's Fantastic Fest, and it seems like there was a like. And I, I'm asking you because I don't know. I'm not at Fantastic Fest. It seems like there's a cloud over it this year because of these situ- the, the, what happened. As I was saying earlier, it doesn't come up in all the conversations right. I've had there. So it's not like I crushing think, the festival, right? I think where it came up was the secret screening. Okay. The AGFA secret screening. Now, what was that? So that was a film that AGFA found, which had only, What's I think, Agfa? Been, AGFA is the Agfa? genre, American genre film archive. Okay. And they're a historical society. They're historical like a, society. And yeah. they teamed up with something weird. And they found a film that was directed by Ed Wood in 1970. Two years, I think, or so before he passed. Okay. And it was a film that he met. He met a gentleman in a bar who was selling nudie photos, which was a much sure. of a thing at the time. And he told him, instead of selling this, I can, get, I can make you a film. Give me $1,000 and I will make you a film. Wow. So he made this film, which was called Take It Out and Trade for $1,000. And it has a lot of nudity in it. it. I think it's probably considered a porno. There was no um, penetration, which even came up in the description. But there is nudity. There's lots of nudity. Male and female? Of, yes, some male. Or is it more, most, it's, it's mostly it's women. Okay. Yeah, it's a straight, okay, it's a anyway, porno. So it's a porno. It's a porno. Um, the film is made for $1,000, so it has all these interesting things. And I think what Agfa was saying is that we wanted to show this film because it had never been seen in... And it was a fantastic fix. This was a secret screening. So secret I think screening. A lot so people the, were sitting in the theater. They didn't know what the hell they I were going to watch. I think that's what the controversy is revolving around, is that this film maybe should not have been shown, given what happened, without more explanation. Warning. Yeah, let people that know that this is what they're going to watch. There was what it may be regarding, but there wasn't enough. Dude, I woke so, up to this... I woke up to a tweet this morning from our own writer, Ali Hanley, who's covering some fantastic fests this weekend... It was like, I fucking just sat through a porno after all this shit. What the fuck? And she was freaked out. And she in in our site, I don't like censoring our writers. If our writer has something to write from the heart, I want her to be able to write it. And so she's going to write something on the website just basically documenting her reactions to, A, knowing that this stuff had already happened in around the festival, but then suddenly being in a room with complete strangers... Watching a porno, <laughs> it's like, wait, um, who knows? And I, you hate to say people are human about this shit. Um, God, I, it, I don't even know how to grasp and grapple this thing, George. But um, yeah, it seems like that one should have come with a big sticker warning. I think there needed to be more communication. Yeah, of what it is, and they're saying they made this choice months ago because they restored sure. the film to two K. Sure, and. One thing about the film... Maybe we're almost should, out of battery tours, so if we cut out Geekscapist, we're going to find out how to keep um, it up. One thing that Ed Wood did, which was fascinating, and I feel like if any future films I make, I want to incorporate this. So whenever someone was referenced, it would instantaneously cut to whatever that person was doing at that second, mm-hmm. and then cut back to the regular scene. That's kind of interesting. So I thought it was just this really fun stream of consciousness. Well, if we're track. talking about Derek, right? Creative yeah, about right cut now. To it cuts Derek, Derek whatever he's doing. Or Derek's oh. in the bathroom. Or Derek's That's cooking amazing. dinner. So I feel like there was just this weird little thing that I thought was kind of, you know, having watched a film by a filmmaker that considered, you know, so bad he's good. Yeah. Nonetheless, though, I think he's, what they were saying is that they feel like he's underappreciated. Because he's immediately put into this category that he just made schlock. But some of the stuff he did was so interesting. Right. And so, I don't know. That's that. So, um, as a historical document, this movie exists. This may not have been the greatest context for unrolling well, it. I think the fact people. that it was a secret screening right. was what I think people, if people had known more about what it was, and maybe mm-hmm. the secret should have been revealed the night before. Because you choose your tickets the night before right. for the next day. Right. So, possibly, maybe that, that's it. 
Um, it, the topic did come up in the Q&A, and the head of something weird, who was a woman, spoke about it, and she felt that it was that it, she didn't see it as that issue. Right. But I think just the more communication in a lot of these situations is the best. Yeah, and I feel like so that's, she, that's something. So that she argued the importance this. of this thing as a historical document, and that it was yeah. a slice of something made in 1970. Sure. Sure. But given it's just unfortunate now, that this was the event it, that, that it was really, a secret because yeah. there were other films that they were showing, but they weren't secret. And I feel like if that's maybe what I think sure. set off a lot. But nonetheless, as you said, well, think people should write about stuff. They should communicate. Let's just do you know, better, being guys. Open, being transparent is the best thing we can. Again, do. Again, I'm the person who, who 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 I'm the person who was like, "Hey, cut the puss," and guilty as charged. But I'm I tried to do better. I tried to do better. We can all do better. And obviously, like I'm. Fully behind Geekscape forever. I'm fully behind this community. I'm fully behind communication with, communication with you guys, George. I'm so glad you're on this Geekscape, man. Finally showing your face in your voice to the Geekscape. This. Well, hey, maybe I'll get invited back. We'll see. Hopefully, this one does. Well. <laughs> uh, and dude, Thank th- for thanks for me, covering John. Fantastic Fest for us. Geekscape is if you want more of this stuff, we we hang our hats at Geekscape.net. Again, that Bob's Burgers contest is coming up, is going on this week. Hop on Facebook, be a part of it, and maybe you'll end up with this exclusive Funko Pop from our good friends at box lunch we're doing great work with all their stuff go to box lunch and check them out and maybe in, in when you buy stuff you're going to be giving to charity so it's really cool and i love partnering with them um you can follow us on twitter instagram facebook youtube we're all over the guy we're all over the place big 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 apology for being so tired but please go to your reunions it's really a big uh it's a great it's just a fun thing and we live such short lives why not celebrate some of our histories um, we will see you guys back at the Westwood One Studios next week with another guest. George, enjoy the rest of your time in Austin. Thank you. Love you, buddy. Bye.